You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Time to get real. You guys ready for that? Oh, you guys ain't ready for no realness. You guys want to play real or you guys want to be real? You want to play real, go outside. You want to be real, come inside here. I see a lot of visitors in the house. Welcome. Look at she. You brought all that? You brought all them? Ooh, man. Gerardo's mom's here. I got my primos here. So, man, God is moving. That's what, that's what it's all about. It's about spreading the word and sharing to our neighbors and coworkers. Even if you lie to them in time, we're going to go eat afterwards or there's food here. Or if there's enchiladas here. Who said that earlier? She said, I thought you guys were having enchiladas. I said, who? <laughs> Tell me where they're at. <laughs> Don't be holding me out. Come on now. You know, it's crazy because my wife was saying uh, uh, that, that that one guy reached me inside prison. And it was God who used him to reach me, you know. And it's good because the word that, that's going to come for tonight is about that. It's... Um, the message I, na- I, I titled it is, Are You Obedient to God's Voice? And we all know that we've been preaching about the voice. We all heard different voices, what voices you hear, uh, what voices you're around. That means who you hang around with, those voices, your own voice. That sometimes you say, I heard it from God and it was your own voice. But... You, you, you should be able to understand the difference now. You know, you're not little kids. You're not babies. You know what I mean? You, you can use that excuse when you're growing up. Mom, it was, it was so-and-so that I was with. Not in my house. You couldn't get away with that in my house. My house is like, nah, I know my kids. <laughs> you were the one who was doing it. They followed you. So what voice are you listening to is what we've been preaching on this whole year. Um, it was a, I mean, this banner right here is like, I say that every year. This banner is the best one, but how many of you guys like this banner? I mean, the voice. How much more realer is it getting, you know, the voice? You know, sometimes you come to church or you come to the pastors or to leadership. Me and my wife have been in leadership for a long time, and we've heard a lot of different stories and and what's going on in their homes or why they can't follow God and this and that. And the voice, it's one of the best banners because we can just go back to it and say, what voice are you listening to? I don't want to be with him no more. I don't want to be with her no more. What voice are you listening to? And believe me, me and my wife were part of that. We were done here and done with that. Yeah, it gets serious sometimes when I come up here, but sometimes it's not that serious because 
I kind of throw in a joke, and I try not to be, because I'm not a joking kind of guy. You know, we were, we sang, most of the songs we sang today were about getting filled, getting the fire, and, and I heard a lot of us singing, I heard us singing, and, you know, in the world, when you were getting ready for a party, you see where I'm going with this? You got ready. Some of you ladies going to buy new outfits just for this one party that you're going to be at for maybe four hours. But you go all out. I'm not trying to put the ladies in the blast because the men do the same thing. Some of these guys, they go buy pants and crease them up like they've had those pants forever and they've just bought them, you know what I mean? That's why they look so blue and so creased up. But, you know, when you come into the church, into the house of God, you should come expecting the same kind of results. When you guys went out in the world, you expected to have a good time. Right? You expected a good time. And the ones that were single, man or woman, expected to find their matcher. Their match. The one that was going to give them ah, everything. When you come into church, you should expect that. You should expect God to show up and be your spouse, your love, your everything. Just like when you did in the world when you were partying. See, you probably never heard this kind of preaching because I'm a totally different type of preaching kind of guy. It's like, I still remember the world. I still know what I did out there. And I don't forget it because that's what keeps me here. That's what keeps me going. You know, one of the things that, that I decided when I got released from prison that I no longer belong to myself. Determination. That I no longer want to be that dude that I was known when I was out here in the world. That's what keeps me from going back. You guys can do it too. If you want it. My wife said, she told Pastor Maria that we were going to bring in the Holy Spirit. We were ushering in the Holy Spirit, getting ready for that party, getting ready to be amazed, to leave not the same way you came in. So I hope you guys are ready for change. You know, some of us, yes, it doesn't happen like that overnight. It doesn't. Takes a while. For some of us, it takes a long while. You know? Where's my cousin Karat? Our grandfather, he was a Christian for over 55 years. And we were taught Christianity, we were taught Jesus Christ. But it took me a long time to be here, to get here. It took her some time. I'm going to say her testimony. That's hers. But 
It was a long time too. I'm, but what I'm saying is that some of us can get it like that. Some of us can. And this spider just went down. You guys didn't see it, but it just went down right there. I, did you guys see it? You've seen it, right? Yeah, the small ones are the ones that get you. You can't see them. <laughs> they crawl all over you. But so some of us can get it right away. I mean, do you want to get it right away? Do you want to catch on right away? I, you, know, you know, this is what my slogan is to, to people out there in the world. If you're tired, then come and get you some. Simple, right? If you're tired of blah, whatever, then come and get some. I mean, we've all tried everything else. Has it worked out for you? Obviously not, because you wouldn't be here. I'm just saying, this, this, is a, this is what I'm talking about. If you're ready for some real stuff, then, then be ready for it, because it's going to come out. You know, being obedient to God's word or his voice isn't just uh, listening to it. It's a lifestyle of obedience. Okay? You can say, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, yes. I go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. And you, you're saying it yourself. You just go to church. Are you the church? Are you being the church out there? If I go to your job, and our pastor has said that many times, if I go to your job, do they know you're a Christian? If Jesus Christ went into your job, would he know that you're a Christian? How about at your house? Pastor's not at your house. Jesus is at your house. Does he know you're a Christian? I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at none of you like this. No. I'm just saying that this is what happens to me. That I got to check myself. I got to make sure that I'm right. It's a lifestyle when we said yes to his voice. It's a lifestyle. When you say yes, it's a lifestyle. Nurses and doctors, it's a lifestyle. If they're outside of work and there's a need, a medical need, they have to jump in. You have to, right? When you're a Christian, you no longer do what you want to do or what you used to do. And this is where it gets kind of iffy for sinners because when we say that, this is the first thing that hits a sinner's mind. You mean I can no longer drink? I can no longer go partying? I can no longer blah, blah, whatever. That's the first thing that hits their mind. And it's, and it's crazy because instead of saying, now I'll be sober? I'll remember what I did the night before. 
I'll have more money in my pocket? Come on, when you were in the world, you were broke the day after you got paid. Brother Victor testified to that. Come on, hey, and you're laughing because it's true. How many of you guys can raise your hand and say, every time I go party, I come back with more money? <laughs> yeah, you jacked somebody, all right. You, <laughs> you forgot your wallet at home and you had everybody else pay for you. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. You know, don't get me wrong. When I was in the world, I loved doing what I did. I was 100% sinner. I did it hard. But I really love being clean, sober-minded, and I, and I have my life. You know? I never thought that I was ever going to be able to hug my grandbabies. I didn't see myself past a certain age. You understand what I'm saying? You hold yourself to a, a certain standard. You don't see yourself going any further than that. And then when you pass that, you're like, okay, I don't think I'll go. You only look five years, a year later. We're going to be out in five years. Oh, no, party in jail. Divorce with another chick. That's, come on, man. Are we talking real or are we talking real here? You know, pastor said, you know when you're safe, safe. We're talking about being safe, safe. And that's why we're talking real, real. If you're tired, come and get some. To have all those things, I had to change my mind, my way of thinking, and get some of Christ in me. It's the only way I could do it. You can try doing it without Christ. And there is many people out there that do it without Christ. But that doesn't guarantee them that they're going to make it to heaven. You can be the greatest person. You can volunteer in the, in the salvation. I mean, you're going to make it into heaven. Doesn't mean that. And if that's what you think, hey, I just busted your bubble. But hey, it's in the word, man. The only way you're going to make it through heaven is through Christ. If you have Christ in you, he will be in you. I want to be able to teach you guys some stuff tonight. So let me get back into it. This was, I was going, I was just flowing right now. My bad, but no. You know, being a Christian, many people say, are you a Christian? Are you guys boring? Do I look boring to you? Come to my house <laughs> and you'll see that I'm not boring. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A lot of people think that. Come on, you know that. You know it's true. I'm not the only one that's heard it. We've heard it all our lives. And, and you know what? When I was young and I didn't know nothing about the word, it was boring. Right? I didn't want to go. I was dragged to church. I was forced to church. But it was planting the seed. 
It was planting a seed. My mom didn't go. My parents didn't go. My, I went with my grandparents, but, and then all our aunts were, they went with us. They made it boring. They just, don't move. Don't look that way. <laughs> That's what's making it boring. Come on, this is a church. You got to be yourself in church. If you can't be yourself in front of God, then, hey, I don't know if I want to be with that guy. I want to be myself in front of God. I want him to, I want to feel like he's my father. You don't got to put up a front. He doesn't expect you to be perfect. He's gonna, you're going to strive to be perfect. Little steps, baby steps. In the Bible, we have men that show, that show you that when they gave their lives over to follow Christ, that their lives was not boring at all. You've heard of them. You've read it yourself. If you haven't read the Bible, read the Bible. Read the, the John. Start with John. Just read any of these books and you'll find men in there. They were in wars, man. They were in fights and battles. And they were always on the run because they were trying to persecute them. Does that sound boring to you? I mean, if you're living in the world out there that you don't know if you're going to live or die because you go to a party or wherever you're at. Look at the, look where we're living at right now. There's death all around us. Right? October 1. They were partying. They were having a good time. And war just came out upon them. These men in the Bible were not boring to me. And we're going to get into some scripture. So let's read Matthew 5. I mean, Matthew 4, 18 through 22. Four eighteen through uh, 22. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter. Right? Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and the son of Zebedee, Zebedee and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their, their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat, and their father and and their father, and followed him. I don't know about you guys, but fishing is boring to me. So, yeah, that's, that's boring right there. You can call that, I, I, don't, I don't mean to disrespect anybody who fishes, you know. But um, you're boring. 
catch anything? You? That's boring. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Four or five hours. But, you know, to each his own, okay? But how many of you guys know that Christ will use the most boring person and make them have something exciting worth living for? I see all the fishermen. They don't even hear nothing else no more. Just, you call me boring. That's all they heard now. That's it. I lost them. He made these men fishermen of men. Do you know that because of our disobedience to Christ's voice, we could also be listening to the devil's voice and not knowing it? See, when, when you know that God is giving you something to do and you don't do it, it's a disobedience. Just like with your parents. When your parents told you to do something and you disobeyed them, like you need to be at school, don't be at that ditching party, that's a disobedience to your parents. Right? Same thing with God. So when you don't listen to him, then you must be listening to the devil's voice. There's no other way around that one. Let's look at what I mean about this. In Jonah 1, 1 through 5, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittiah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to tarnish from the presence of the Lord. Disobedience, right? So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to tarnish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them to tarnish from the presence of the Lord. And the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, so that the ship was about to break up. Then the sailors became afraid, and every man cried to his God, and they, crew, they, and they threw the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to lighten it from them. But Jonah had gone below into, into the hold of the ship, laid himself down, and fallen asleep. So Jonah is a prophet of God. And even a prophet of God, if he is not obeying God's word or his voice, then he's doing the opposite. Then he's obeying the devil, the enemy, his own self. When we listen to our own self, our own flesh, our own desires, it's not in the will of God. So we're... On the other side. Does it make sense? And you're like, but I don't believe it. No. I'm sorry. There's, it's easy. Either yes or no. Either hell or heaven. It's, it's simple. We make it hard. We make it complicated. 
But if you're not listening to the word of God, if you're not listening to that, then you're not, you're, it says it, you're an enemy of God. I was an enemy of God for a long time. And guess what? Bad things happened to me because I was an enemy of God. He didn't, God didn't bring those upon me. That happened because I wasn't under his cover. I was out here for myself. There are many lessons we can learn from the life of Jonah. God has included the story of this prophet of Israel in the Bible so that growing Christians in the 20th century may learn what God expects of his servants. Jonah was a servant of God, but he disobeyed the word of the Lord and fled towards Tarnish instead of preaching at Nineveh. So do you guys not understand what's going on in the story was there's a city called Las Vegas. And all hell is here. You got everything. Gambling, prostitution, gangs. Everything is here. Alcohol, drugs, you know, gays, lesbians, all that. Everything that you can think of that they had back then. That they had back then, right? And we love all those people. Well, how much do you love them? Are you out there talking to them, preaching to them, trying to help them? Because that's what he didn't do. God told him, go and talk to them. Love on them. He said, the hell with them, man. That's what he straight up said. He said, Let, why am I going to go tell them? Because God told him, go over there and tell that city that if they don't repent and turn back of their wicked ways, I'm going to just off with all their heads. And he said, why would I go over there and tell them if you're a gracious, loving God and you just won't do that? And he left. He ran the other way. Jonah was a servant of God, but he disobeyed the word of the Lord and fled towards Tarnish. Instead of preaching, in his mercy, God reached down and brought Jonah back where he belonged. But it took a very thorough shakeup in his life of the prophet. You know, the way I was living, the way I was, I wasn't giving hope for my kids and for those to come later. You don't know whose lives you're going to touch, who you're going to reach. And you think just, oh, little old me, what does it matter, little old me? doesn't matter, right? You matter. God says you matter to him. 
the experience Jonah went through were all part of the cost of disobedience. As servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are all to be obedient to his word. Right? When we disobey, there is a cost involved. Yes, God is always, God will always reach down in love and completely forgive us and bring us back into his fellowship. But consequences always follow sin. If you're speeding, you will get a ticket. You will have to pay for that ticket. It's, it's real, man. You stuff yourself, you overeat, you're going to have a stomachache. Right? You know, you don't think that your life is that important to your family or to those around you. And some of us might not even care how important it is to our families. We don't. I, didn't, I sure didn't care. I already had three kids when I was still out there doing my thing. My, my son, I tell it all the time, my son was six months, I think it was six months in the back seat. In the back seat while I was chasing dudes down in the car while they were shooting at me. You would think that with kids you would kind of grow up. But when you're in the world, you don't care about nothing, not even your own. You say you will because you haven't been there. But once you have been there and you see that you don't really care, you're like, God, what, what, what kind of monster am I? Who can bring me back from that? Who can redeem me from that? In the eyes of the world, I'm a monster. Who would do that? Who would sell drugs and have your kids crying when when you're leaving in the middle of the night, they don't know if you're going to be dead or alive tomorrow or if you're going to come home. Who does that? The world does that. We do that. It was important for me to change for my family, for myself, for myself first. You got to be able to be accountable for yourself. When you die, when each and every one of us dies, we're going to go to him by ourselves. We came in solo. We're going to leave solo. I can't have my wife with me. I can't have my kids as much as I want my kids to go. And that's why I, I have vowed to stop what I was doing from day one when I came out of prison. Then, no, I had to do something. I had to show them that I'm not that person, that God is the answer. Do you guys know who Jonah is? You guys all read the Bible? You guys know who he is? Let's look a little deeper into, into this. So Jonah had a, a bigger purpose than just being a prophet. How much more bigger than just being a prophet is there? His biggest purpose was being a father. And not just a father, but the father of two sons. His sons are Simon best known as Peter and Andrew. If Jonah wouldn't have came back to God's will, Peter never would have preached that word. You guys know what word I'm talking about, right? When 3,000 people got saved because of that one obedience of his dad coming back to where he needed to be, coming back to the voice, to the, 
to the word of God to being used for his glory? Again, when we disobey, we're not just stopping the will of God in our lives, but of those that are yet to come. My grandkids, I didn't think I was going to have grandkids. I didn't know. My oldest passed away. She passed away at 16. My son, then my youngest. And my youngest is in the world. I love my daughter. It was hard, but I love my daughter. And I know that if I stay where I need to be at in God's way, on God's word, those that are still yet to come will be saved. Your family can be saved. You're still breathing. Your story is not done yet. It's not done yet. We're praying for, for Adam. He's not done yet. God is not done. My, da my daughter's last breath, we still believed in a miracle. And, and everybody, even when I was still in prison, because she was sick for a long time, they were even telling me, if she dies, where is your God at then? Those are the big homeboys, the homeboys that supposedly loved and respected me. If she dies, where is your God at now? I don't know. I haven't came to that road yet. But don't test me. I'm new at this. We believed in that. But I'm going to tell you guys something right now. We are on the race to make it to heaven. So if she left before us, then who's really jacked up? We're jacked up. We're still here. She's already where she needs to be at. She's the one why we are here, me and my wife. She preached the word of God to me while she was in her hospital room. She preached to me. She's my Jonah. I wasn't the Jonah in this one. The enemy is at work to stop it any which way he can. We all know that once Peter understood what Christ had taught them to be, to be the truth, he ran with it and preached. You know the truth. And it's not the truth that I'm giving you, the truth that you believe, that God really can change you, that God is changing you. And if, and if it, he hasn't done nothing in you, then look around you, there's... Obviously, somebody invited you here. Who invited you here? Do you see a change in that person? Is that why you came? Then there's your, there's your truth. I have, I have one of my youngest cousins right here. And he knew me out there. And he's seen me out there. This is, this is night and day. And it's for his glory, man. Your people around you need to see something different in you for them to be able to come.
that story we were talking about with, with Peter and preaching is in Acts 2.41. You guys can read that. If Peter would have been disobedient as his dad was in the beginning, where would the fellowship be at? Where would the word of God be at? I mean, God is still going to make his point. You can't stop God's will. Jonah tried. He bounced, <laughs> and he brought him back. He said, okay, go. But I will get you back over here where you need to be at. He'll do that to you and me. He did that to me. And it's because my grandfather had placed a seed inside of me, and then years later, my daughter came in and started watering it. The pastor started pruning it and pruning it and pruning it because <laughs> I had a lot of weeds. <laughs> there was a lot of weeds growing around me. You guys have to be listening to his voice. And I know we get it a lot. How do I know it's his voice? But let me tell you, if it's something to do with something that you're not used to doing and is good for you, then it might be his voice. God's not going to tell you to go and act a fool, ever. It's okay if you go, go kick it. You know, you can kick it as much as you want. Just don't drink. Just don't alter your mind of how you're thinking. That's one of the things. I still go to my sister's house. And they get party down. I just laugh at them <laughs> and love on them and pray with them and then do it all over in the morning, you know. But I don't think I'm better than them. I've already said many times, I just know that I'm better than what I used to be. I'm not better than my brothers and sisters. Never. I can't, I can't do that. Just the way I used to be. That's all I'm better at. That's it. As we close today, look, listen. Tomorrow really isn't promised to you. We, you've heard it many times. We've heard it. But nowadays, right now, I know there's a lot of us who has had somebody that passed away like that for no reason. Car accident, whatever. But they're going like this around you. And we all think the same thing. Oh, it won't happen to me. What kind of powers are you having that I don't have? Give it to me because I want to live forever too. My 16-year-old daughter passed away. When I seen that, I understood that our life was really, really, it's not, it's not, you can go at any time. Are you ready to go? That's the answer or the question. Are you really ready to go? If God came to you right now and said, listen, in about 10 seconds, I'm going to take you. Are you ready? I don't want to scare you. I just want to scare the hell out of you. I want hell to leave you. I've gotten asked the same question over and over. Why hasn't God came back yet? 
Because he doesn't want none of us to die without knowing him. If anything, that's a loving God that's saying, I want everybody to at least have the chance to say yes or no to me at least one time. Before he comes. That's a loving God. That's a loving father. I told my kids, hey, you got five minutes to clean that room. I'll be right back. And I took 10, 15, 20 minutes. That's a loving father. I didn't go in there with the belt right away and say, why didn't you clean the room in five minutes, like I said? You see what I'm saying? Let's get the lights, man. Let's get up here real quick and get God all the glory, man.